We've been looking in previous weeks in uh, Exodus, the 15th chapter has been our, one of our main texts, talking about the Lord being our healer. And I want to go on today with this, as the Lord would help us. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15, 26. He said, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, keep all these statutes, I'll put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. They had seen all the judgments that came on the Egyptians, even their number of diseases, and that wasn't the, that didn't please the Lord. These people were defying him and rebelling against him, and, and judgment came. And of course they saw all that, and no doubt they were concerned about that. He said, no, I'm your healer. Yes. Praise God. You're, you're my people, I'm your God, and I'm the Lord who heals you. This is one of those great compound Jehovah names, like Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Sidkenu, etc., etc. This one is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord that heals you. This word heal could be translated fix. Hallelujah. He's the Lord who fixes you. How many glad to know you've got a healer? Yes. Oh, we, we need to know it. We need to hear it and be, keep ourselves uh, conscious of it. He said, I am the Lord. Different translations say, I, Jehovah, am healing you. Yes. Another one said, I am Adonai, your healer. The CEV says, I am the Lord, your God, and I cure your diseases. I'm the Lord, the one who heals you. Said out loud to him, you are the Lord, the one who heals me. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Now, this is not an isolated case. You'll find other scriptures. Exodus 23, 25 and 26, just close by there. Exodus 23, 25, he said, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he'll bless your bread and your water, and I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. Well, if sickness is taken out of the midst of you, you could look for some and not find any. Because there's none in the midst of you. There will nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Now, you know, Phyllis just got through reading Psalm 91. It ended up by saying, verse 16, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. One translation says, I'll show you how I can save. Well, what's that got to do with being protected? Well, everything. I mean, how did you make it to old age? Well, the arrow didn't get you. The pestilence didn't get you. Come on, the storm didn't take you out. Come on, can you see this? You were sustained. Crime didn't get you. I mean, you were kept and protected year after year, decade after decade, until you got old. Biblically old. You know, when the Bible calls you old, you old. With long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Well, you can't die of middle age with a disease. You can't die from crime. Come on, y'all, listen. You can't die from a storm or a car wreck, and that be true. But how many are going to make it all the way? Come on, you need to, you need to respond on this. You're going to make it from where you are and run your whole race. Finish your entire course. Somebody say, with long life. He'll satisfy me. And show me his salvation. Praise God. So be it. So be it. Well, we also looked in Psalm 103, and I want to look there again. Psalm 103, verse 1. Anybody know this? Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So there's more than one benefit 
to knowing God and serving God, being saved, being blessed. There's more than one benefit. To hear some folks talk, some preachers talk, you'd think there's one benefit. You miss hell. Now, if that's the only benefit there was, it'd be worth it. Right? But there's not only one benefit. There are benefits. Plural. I like plural, don't you? That's why we even put an S on equipments on our confession. I know it's not good English, but I like it. (laughs) Plural. And uh, he said, he begins a list here of these benefits. Verse 3. Benefit number one. Who forgives all your iniquities. How many are thankful that he forgives all your iniquities? No matter what you've done. No matter how many times you did it. No matter how dumb it was. Or how ignorant or cruel or selfish. Will he forgive you? Every time. Any situation that you come to him. And you humble yourself before him. And you repent. And receive your forgiveness. And cleansing and righteousness restored. Will he. Does he really forgive all. All. Your iniquities. Yes he does. But notice benefit number two. Who heals. All. Your diseases. Now much of the church. Is strong on benefit number one. They believe that. But benefit number two. They have modified it. They have altered it. And they don't believe this. Hundreds of thousands. Of good church going people. Do not believe part B of this verse. They believe sometimes God said yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, wait a while. Sometimes he's teaching you something through it. Well, why wouldn't you say that about him forgiving your iniquities? The answer to every question about God's will concerning healing and about receiving healing is answered in God's will concerning forgiveness and receiving forgiveness. Everyone. Some say, well, it's obvious not everybody's healed. Well, it's also obvious not everybody's born again. What does that prove? It doesn't prove that it's not God's will to save everyone because somebody is not saved. Nor does it prove it wasn't God's will to heal somebody because they weren't healed. We need mind renewal. Things have been taught wrongly from the church. No, I believe the Bible. How about you? How many Bible believers do I have in here? How many would accept the Bible even if it revealed some wrong thinking you've had all your life? If you'd say, well, hold on now. The Bible's right. Well, he forgives. Come on, help me out. All your iniquities. And he heals what? All your diseases. Is that true or not? It's the Bible. It is God's will for everybody to be saved. You can't say, okay, I'm going to preach, you know, that Jesus saves. I'm going to preach that he bore your sins on the cross and we'll give an altar call and we don't know. It might not be God's will to save you because sometimes it's not. But you can come see. You can come pray and we'll pray for you. And this is how we'll pray. Lord. If it be thy will, save them and forgive them. And if not, thy will be done. And help them to be strong to to what? Go to hell? (laughs) I'm not knocking anybody because there was a time I prayed this way. I I, I remember traveling with my pastor, traveling, uh, going with him to our local hospital. And visiting people when I was a young guy. And we prayed for people. Lord if it be thy will. Heal them. And if not thy will be done. Help them. I, I've prayed that with him myself. That's all we knew. But when you examine it. It doesn't make sense. 
It's like saying this, Lord, we know you're sovereign and you're going to do what you're going to do, no matter what. And so if it's your will, heal them. Of course, if it was your will, you were going to do it anyway. And if it's not your will, then don't heal them. Of course, if it wasn't your will, you wasn't going to heal them anyway. What I'm saying is, you're going to do what you're going to do, no matter what we do. So why am I praying? Now, I know people, you know, these are their sacred cows and they don't like you messing with them. But it's not in line with the Word of God. And we don't ascertain if it's God's will for somebody to be forgiven and saved or not by who receives and who doesn't. Why would you determine it's God's will to heal or not based on who received or who didn't? No, the Bible is true. He forgives all your iniquities and, 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 good news, good news, and he heals all your diseases. It is his will to forgive all your iniquities. It is his will to heal all your diseases. It is the Bible. Somebody ought to say, I believe it. Praise God. It's not his will that any should perish. Look with me in uh, Isaiah. We looked at it. I want to look at it again. Isaiah 53. Isaiah, by the Spirit of God, a prophet, saw centuries into the future in the Spirit, and he saw Jesus being made sin with our sin and taking our place as our substitute and redeeming us. He saw it in the Spirit, and he, he wrote down what he saw. And we know it's right because the New Testament quotes it as applying to Jesus. In Isaiah 53, are you there? And verse 1, and I'm reading in Young's literal translation. Isaiah 53, 1, who has given credence to what that which we heard? And the arm of Jehovah, on whom has it been revealed? Yea, he comes up as a tender plant before him, as a root out of a dry land. He has no form nor honor when we observe him, nor appearance when we desire him. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Who is this talking about? Does anybody know who? Jesus. Jesus. When was he a man of pains and acquainted with sickness? Not in his earthly life and ministry. He wasn't sick any more than he sinned. But there came a time when our sins were laid on him. And guess what else was laid on him? Our sickness and the chastisement of our peace. And he became poor. Are these scriptures? Verse 4. Surely. Our sicknesses he has borne, and our pains he has carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. And he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is on him, and by his bruise, or the King James says stripes, there is healing to us. If you look up the verbs, the words, we're told here that exactly what Jesus did with our sins, he took them and he bore them away. That he did the same thing with our sickness, our disease, our pain. Same words are used describing what he did with both. The scourging where they took him and tied him to the post. And they beat him and they whipped him. Was that necessary to go to the cross? No, in fact, it was not common. You know, what they were trying to do, the leaders would scourge him and satisfy the rabble and not kill him. No, you didn't, he didn't have to be scourged to go to the cross. This would, you might say this was unnecessary, but it was the plan of God. Because... 
What was happening as he was being beaten? It was symbolic. The cause and source and punishment of every result of sin was being laid on him. He took our sicknesses. He bore them. And he carried our pains exactly like he took our sins. How many believe the Bible? Come on, read it again. Verse 4. Surely. Verse 4. Surely. Come on, say that loud. Surely. My sicknesses he has borne. And my pains he has carried them. Now, did he bear your sins so you could sin? No. But if you did commit sin and you did mess up, does that prove that it's not his will for you to be redeemed? No. Does it prove that he didn't bear your sins? No, it proves no such a thing. Did he bear our sicknesses so we could be sick? Did he become poor so we could be poor? No. Why did he bear our sicknesses? If there had never been any sin from the beginning in the garden... There would never have been any sickness or any poverty or any mental anguish or grief. And if the sickness problem and the poverty problem hasn't been dealt with, how do you know what caused it has been dealt with? How do you know the sin problem has been dealt with? And this is not my reasoning. This is what Jesus said. Are you ready to go there? Where we're going. Ready or not. Luke 5. Said out loud, he forgives, he forgives. All, my all my iniquities. And, and he heals, he heals. All, all my diseases. He heals all my diseases has not been preached for centuries to the church like he forgives all my iniquities has been preached. That's why there's faith for that. But faith is lacking in the other. Because faith comes by hearing. In Luke 5. Are you there? Luke 5. Verse 20. The men that brought the lame man. And went up on top of the roof. And tore a hole out. And, and lowered him down before Jesus. The paralyzed man. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith. He said to him. Man. Your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin to reason saying, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, why reason ye in your hearts? Why, why make a deal out of this? Whether is easier to say your sins be forgiven you or to say Rise up, get up, and walk. Or in other words, which is easier, to say, uh, be forgiven, or to say, be healed? I'm glad he didn't say, which is harder. Because when you say, which is easier, what does that mean? Both of them's easy. Which one's easier? Neither one of them's hard. Now, if you think it is, it's because you're thinking wrong. If you had to forgive yourself, if you had to forgive yourself and pay for your sin, it wouldn't be hard, it'd be impossible. But since he already did it and all you got to do is receive it, it's easy. Your part. If you had to heal yourself and deliver yourself, it wouldn't just be hard, it'd be impossible. But if he already took it and bore it, and paid for it, and all you got to do is receive it. Then receiving healing is just as easy as receiving forgiveness. I know most of the church doesn't believe it, but what's Jesus talking about here? What does he mean? What's he talking about? Which one's easier to say? Your sins be forgiven you or to say, rise up and walk. But that you know, may know that the Son of Man, not Son of God, he's functioning as a man, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say to thee, arise, take up your couch and go into your house. He did. And it was proof that his sins are forgiven. Glory be to God. Before this is over, I believe we'll get to a number of things. People will jump on this and go, well, yeah, but what he's saying is one is just as easy for me to do as the other. 
And people will say that he's healing people because he's God. And he's demonstrating that he is the Son of God, proving that he's the Son of God. You don't have to heal everybody to prove that. You don't have to heal everybody that comes to be everybody that comes to be healed. Before this is over, I believe we're going to take time, we're going to go through the scriptures and see every time he healed them all, he healed them all, he healed them all, he healed them all. Multitudes, the Bible said, great multitudes. There never was a multitude big enough to have even one that it wasn't God's will to heal. And if he's just proven that he's the son of God, he missed a big opportunity to do that in his own hometown, where he grew up. They said, who is this saying he's anointed? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's boy? And they were offended at him. And if he was just doing these things as God to prove it, he'd have said, I'll show you who I am. Get the hardest cases you got. Line them up out here. I'll show you. No. The Bible said he couldn't do any mighty works there. Mark 6, 5. He couldn't do any mighty works there. Man, that blows people's theology out of the water. Oh, he's God. He can do anything he wants to. He is God. But he's become man. And he's functioning as a man showing us how to do it. Can you see this? And we're told that the reason he healed all like he did was not to prove that he's the son of God. Matthew 8, 16. Put it up for us, please. Matthew 8, 16 tells us why he did it. Matthew 8, 16. When the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed several examples. He healed what? Uh, You don't have to heal everybody to prove you're the son of God. He healed all that were sick, verse 17, to prove that he was the son of God. No, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. That's what we just got through reading in, in chapter 53 that said himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Why could he tell people your sins are forgiven? Because he is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, and he's on his way to the cross. Come on, can you see this? And how could he say you're healed? By the same reason. Same reason. Which one's easier? They're the same. They're the same because he forgives all your iniquities, because he took all your iniquities, and he heals all your diseases. Because he took all your diseases. Oh, somebody say, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. Praise be to God. Go with me, if you would, to uh, Numbers, 21st chapter. Numbers 21. We're going to begin about verse 1. Jesus used the same language. The people he ministered to. He ministered forgiveness and healing equally. And for instance in Luke uh, 7 I believe it is. The woman that came and washed his feet. And he told her her sins were forgiven. They got all upset about it. And he told her he said your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And just a chapter later. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd, touched his clothes. What did he tell her? Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. I mean, one came to get sins forgiven. One came to get healed. They both got what they needed and wanted. And he tells them it's the result of the same thing. Their faith touched him. And whether it was forgiveness or whether it was healing, either one. In James 5, well, you just stay there in numbers if you would. James 5, 14. This is a familiar verse to much of the church. And so this definitely to the church. This is to us. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. 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 
And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And, and, if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. One prayer. You get both. This is New Testament. This is church. I want you to notice a big word here too. If he's committed sins. If. That means he may have done. Now you're not going to say is he, if he's committed sins. Everybody's sinned. So he's not just talking about that. What's he talking about? If he sinned that opened the door to his problem. And according to this. He or she may have or they may not have. So this undoes the doctrine that if something's wrong with you physically, it's because you sinned. That's not right. That's not true. Because he said if. Somebody say if. If. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But here's the good news. Whether you did or whether you didn't, you'll get forgiven and healed. Same prayer, same time, either way, you're okay. Whether you did something dumb or you didn't. Well, someone said, how could it be then that there's sickness and you didn't sin? Well, why do flowers get disease? Or crops? Or animals? Why would they get a disease or a sickness? You couldn't say it's because they sinned. They got no consciousness of right and wrong in these things. It's because Adam sinned and the curse is in the earth and everything's messed up. That's why there are storms. Because things are out of balance and things are out of whack. And it's going to be out of whack. And I wish I could tell you it's going to get better. But the Bible says things can get worse. But we're going to be kept in the midst of it. And soon we're going to be out of here. Hallelujah. And eventually the Lord's going to fix this thing and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth with no curse. That means there will be no disease, no storms. You can run through the woods barefoot and never step on a thorn. And a bear won't get you either. If you see one, you can pet him. You'll never be too hot. You won't be too cold. It won't be too humid. It won't be too dry. It won't be too windy. We've never been in a place like that. But we're going to find out. I said we're going to find out. The lion will lie down with the lamb. Hallelujah. Little child can play with. You know anything. No harm. No curse. No destruction. But right now. We're in the middle of the curse. And sin. And junk. And it can affect us in a number of ways. It affected our parents and our grandparents. And our DNA. And all kind of things. So no. It's not necessarily that you sinned personally. Because a problem came into your life. If. If. Somebody say if. 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 But good news. Good news. No matter if it was DNA from 12 generations. No matter if you really, really blew it and messed up. Either way, you can be forgiven and healed because he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. He said, Jesus said concerning the woman with the, that was bent over the spirit of infirmity, he said she ought to be healed. She ought to be healed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Scripture calls everybody that Jesus healed oppressed of the devil. Didn't say any of them had a blessing from God. (laughs) Blessing in disguise. All of them. No, friends, let's get rid of the traditions of men that contradicts the word of God. And let's believe the word that inspires faith to rise up and receive what Jesus has paid such a dear price to get for us. If he thought enough to pay what he paid to get this for us, let's think enough of him to have faith and get it. And receive it and live it and enjoy it and walk in it.
Numbers 21, are you there? This is a perfect example of what we're talking about. Uh, Before you uh, read this, in Hebrews 12 and verse 1, just don't turn, just stay where you are. But Hebrews 12 and 1, he talks about, since we got such a great cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and sin, run the race with patience. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus. Everybody say, looking unto Jesus. Say it again, looking unto Jesus. Say it again, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher or perfecter of our faith. Hallelujah. The previous verse talked about us running our race. Back up again, verse 1. Run with patience the race that's set before us. That's just a comma there. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus. This is how we run a successful race. It matters. Oh, it matters. What we look at as we run this race. It matters. And you see this in this example that happened in Numbers 21. In fact, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians, tells us these things that happened to them are given as examples to us. Numbers 21. Let me see. Skip on down to verse 4, let's see, for time's sake. They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. This is the people of God that had been delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You really have to watch. When you're, you're feeling down and you've yielded to discouragement, you can miss some big things if you're looking through depressed eyes. Verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. See what I'm saying? Was Moses their problem? No. Was God their problem? No. But because they're discouraged. They want to blame somebody. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. They said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. And our soul loathes this light bread. (laughs) Now they're talking about manna. Manna. And what would they have if they didn't have light bread? (laughs) They'd be starving to death. The Lord is supernaturally raining down out of the sky. Because there is nothing in this barren desert to eat. Nothing. There are no grocery stores. There's nothing. Nothing. And so they are despising a daily miracle. Now, what got them in this shape? Discouragement. Depression. We'll get you in a place where you don't see anything right. You're not thankful. Blaming the people you should be thanking. Despising what you should be rejoicing over. Get all messed up. Our soul loathes this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Now this, this is judgment. Wasn't the Lord's will for them to be consumed and destroyed? But, and there are snakes in the desert. They're not having any trouble with snakes until now. You know, Job, uh, the devil said that a hedge had been around Job and everything he had. You remember that? And he couldn't get to him. But the Bible said in 1 Corinthians, don't murmur like they murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Murmuring and complaining got their hedge pulled down. Complaining and murmuring is not innocent stuff. It can get you in serious trouble. Griping and complaining. And because they were protected, I guess there's all these scorpions and snakes out there. If you'd have went some distance from the camp and they can't get in. But 
when the protection went down, here they come, buddy. And there's snakes everywhere. And poisonous. And people are getting bit. And people are dying. So the people can't. Let me just stop here. How many understand earth is a dangerous place? (laughs) I mean, it's full of devils, the curse, and crazy people. (laughs) This is a dangerous place. I mean, just walking out your door in the morning. There's stuff everywhere. There's enough stuff in the air. Everything you eat and drink. Every road you get on, there's stuff everywhere can kill you a thousand times before the day is over. So, I mean, it ain't no problem to die down here or to get taken out. There's stuff everywhere to take you out. What you need is protection. Protection. You need to be underneath the shadow. Hallelujah. The shelter of his wing. You need to be underneath this cover. Of protection, and you can be and will be if you believe, talk faith, trust in Him, follow Him, and not gripe and blame everybody and judge. Come on, judge everybody. See, they were judging Moses and Aaron and and even God. And if you judge, you're going to get judged. And they did. But they came to their senses, you know, when a bunch of people died. And they came to Moses and said, We've sinned, you reckon? (laughs) For we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away these serpents from us. And Moses said, pray yourself. Blame me for everything. Good enough for you. No, 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 no. Somebody say mercy. mercy. Even if somebody did you wrong, even if you're not so pleased with them at the moment, sow what you want to reap down the road. You're going to want some mercy at some point. So even though you may not feel like it, part of you may not even want to do it. Sow some mercy for yourself. And so Moses prayed for the people. He's a real man of God. And the Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent, a model of the poisonous snakes, and set it upon a pole, and it'll come to pass. That everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise God. Everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it. Now, other translations bring out, I believe, a very significant thing here. The Young's literal says, and he that has looked expectingly upon the serpent of brass, he has lived. So there was a certain way you looked at it. Moses makes the serpent of brass. He sets it on the ensign or the pole. And it has been, if the serpent has bitten any man, and he has looked expectingly unto the serpent of brass, he has lived. Glory to God. How many believe this is history? This is not a fairy tale. This actually happened. This is miracle. This is miracles. The Amplified says, Moses made the serpent of brass, a bronze. He put it on a pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man when he looked to the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. So this look was not a glance. It was a fixed. Can you see that? Steady. Absorbing. Gaze. And what happened as a result of this? If they lived. They had to be healed. If they were healed. They were forgiven. If they were healed, if they weren't delivered, they'd have been bitten again with a look at the serpent on the pole. Not four or five different things. At the same thing, they got forgiven and they got 
healed. And they got delivered looking at the same thing. Did you know that this serpent on the pole is a type of Jesus on the cross? You might say, no, no, a snake can't be a type of Jesus. Oh, yes, it can. In John, put it up on the screen if you would, John 3, 14. John 3, 14. It said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The serpent on the pole represents Jesus on the cross. How can that be? Brass mold model of a poisonous snake. How can that be? Because the cross, as much as we revere it, is not a pretty place. It's a place where judgment fell on the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. Brass and bronze is a type of hardness and judgment. And the snake, a type of the enemy and sin. Why? How could that be a type of Jesus? Because when he hung there on that cross, remember he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What happened? And it got dark. I mean, the sun didn't shine. Why? All the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, were laid on him. And he didn't just sympathize with our sin. He became sin with our sin. Is it true, saints? He, that's why it's not something pretty on the pole. He became sin with our sin. Oh, but if he became sin with your sin, then you really have become righteous with his righteousness. Those that will look on him with that steady, absorbing, expecting gaze. Now put yourself in their place. If I turned loose three rattlesnakes in this crowd right now, there would be some noise. And there would be some motion. Some movement. Is that right? Ah, snake! And if some people were bitten, I've been bitten. It bit me. It bit me. There would be commotion. And you turn loose thousands of poisonous snakes in a group of hundreds of thousands of people. And they're all camped relatively close together. And they're all over the place. And people are yelling and screaming. And they're running. That spooks the animals. They knock over the stuff into the campfires. They run over the tent. Come on, can you see this? This is a scene of chaos. And in the middle of this, how he got their attention, I don't know. Probably sent runners throughout the camp. But you hear, stop, look on the serpent on the pole and you'll live. Stop, look at the serpent on the pole and you'll live. Stop, look on the serpent on the pole. Look expectantly, not just glance. Steady, absorbing gaze, the Amplified said, expectantly, Young's literal said. What if you've been bit? You're in pain. You can feel the venom coursing through your veins. You can feel your your lungs and and your, your breathing organs constricting. You can feel yourself dying. Somebody you know is laying over there dead. Your camels are running over the hill. Your tent is in the fire. In the midst of all of this, what do you got to do? Come on, help me out. What do you got to do? You've got to ignore all of that and you got to fix. Come on, are y'all with me? You, you got to fix. See, if you ignore the Lord and focus on what the enemy's saying, faith wanes away. But if you will ignore what the enemy is saying and doing and fix your gaze on him, faith waxes strong as you behold the Lamb. Hallelujah.
That's what Abraham did. Said he considered not his own body now dead, nor Sarah's body, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. It makes all the difference what we choose to look at. What if they didn't choose to look on the serpent on the pole? Then you die. You die. And whose fault is that? But if you choose to look on the type of the Christ, you get it all. I said you get it all. While you're standing there, if you feel a snake crawl across your foot, you can't look. Come on now with me. If your heart's palpitating and you can't breathe, you better look. Is that right? Do you want to live? You better. And while you're gazing and tuning everything else out, you're forgiven. Hallelujah. You're forgiven because our sins were laid on him at the cross. And you are healed. The venom coursing in your veins is neutralized. By the power of God. And the injuries you sustain. Are healed up. Hallelujah. Looking at the same thing. Oh did you hear that? You're looking at the same one. And you are delivered. God makes the snakes go away. So you are no longer in danger. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are delivered. And you looked at the one and the self same thing. Hallelujah. If there's forgiveness and healing and deliverance in a type of Jesus on the cross. Do we get less in the real thing? Did we lose something by the actual coming of Jesus and going to the cross? Certainly not. I said certainly not because it represents him bearing our sins, him bearing our diseases, him delivering us. I mean, that's what the psalmist saw. He said he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. Glory to God. He fills your mouth with good things. Is he the same? Jesus the same? Yesterday, today, and forever? Can you? I mean, if they could do it under the old covenant, not even born again. Can we, under the new covenant, children of God, with the Spirit of God, greater one living inside us, with the name of Jesus, can we tune out the symptoms the reports. The fe- Come on, can we? Yes. You know, everybody knows you should resist sin. If you're tempted to sin, you should resist sin. But should you resist sickness? A lot of people have made a nice place for it to lay down. And used it to get out of work. And used it to get sympathy from other people. No! No, somebody say, no, no, no. Resist sin with everything in you. Resist sickness with everything in you. Resist depression. Resist poverty. Resist every part of the curse of the law. Every part of the curse that came from sin. It's all joined together. And thank God, the remedy, the healing, the solution is all in one. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus. The, come on, say, somebody say, looking unto Jesus. Look, looking unto Jesus. Can you tune the other stuff out? Can you, can you, you know, quit talking about it. You know, even the storm stuff. I know you want to know what's going on, but don't sit there in front of that TV and let them put fear in you all day and all night. That's just going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your faith. And if you've been diagnosed with a problem, don't sit and think about that and check how you feel every 30 seconds. Come on, are y'all with me? You got to tune it out. You got to push it aside. You got to fix your gaze. Oh, come on, somebody help me out. Fix your gaze. Steady, absorbing gaze. Expectantly. What am I looking at? What am I looking at? I'm looking at my healer, I'm looking at my forgiver. I'm looking at my, yeah, but what about all this? I can't look at that. I want to live. I can't look at all that. I'm looking at my Jesus. I'm looking at my healer. 
my protector, my provider. I can't look at all them bills. I can't talk to you about all the problems. I got to look at him. I'm looking at him. And everyone that looked, lived, lived. Everyone that looked, lived. Stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift up your hands. Sit out loud. I'm not looking at the problem. I'm not looking at the feelings. I'm not looking at the symptoms. I'm not looking at my sins. I'm not looking at the storms. I'm looking unto Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Just do it. Do it by faith. Do it by faith. Close your eyes and see him. See him. I'm looking. I'm looking unto Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking unto Jesus. Tell him, Lord, you're my, you're my Savior. Lord, you are my Redeemer. I'm looking to you. You're my protector. I'm looking to you. You're my provider. I'm looking to you. You're my healer. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. That's all I see. That's all I see is my Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.